With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. The Celtic Exchange, a fresh insight on Celtic Football Club. This is episode 75 of the Celtic Exchange Weekly. This is Tino and this week I'm joined by Muffin James as Celtic roared back to the top of the Scottish Premiership table with a 5 0 hammer of Kyle Lafferty and co at Rugby Park. Muff, it's not often I'll get to ask you this question, but uh, what was your favourite overhead kick from the weekend? <laughs> hello Tino, hello James, hello listeners. Oh, I'd say big Jack O'Macassies. Same. In answer to that, direct answer to that question. Um, Pegging the keeper and then he's beat comedy. Uh, for me, it was a statement performance. Uh, we know we have struggled on those pitches in the past and putting another myth or who do to bed, which is delightful to see. I felt we were in control of the game at all stages, albeit in fairness to Kelly, they did have a rally at 1-0 and they had a wee spell of pressure. But game done by half-time, you know, just absolutely relentless in chasing the ball down, looking to score again and again and again. It was just a delight to watch. Yeah, James, you and I done the final whistle show after the game over on the Celtic Exchange Plus and despite all the pre-match chat about difficult venue, etc, etc Celtic just blew them away, didn't they? Yeah, you know, I think a lot of that chat and you know, previous Celtic managers have been guilty of falling for it it, it can be in your head, you know um, there's things on that pitch that aren't good for you but Ange's accentuated the positive and he's, and he's set up and said, look, the ball's going to stick that's going to be to our advantage, the ball's going to bounce get two overhead kicks, so on and so forth. So if you focus your prep on the benefits of that rather than focusing all on, oh, here's, here's how it's going to be difficult, you're going to come out much better off than you would. Yeah. Ange doesn't miss a trick. I wonder if he just had them up at Lennox Town all week doing overhead kicks. And, <laughs> it's, and, it's, like it, and eh? it's paid off. The guy knows his stuff. So on today's show, we'll cover that five-star shown from Rugby Park as Celtic maintained their perfect start to the league campaign. We'll also cover a bit on our proposed extension to the current agreement between the SPFL and Sky Sports and the impact that could have on Celtic and others. We'll then return to on-field matters with a look ahead to the visit of Hearts who come calling on league duty on Sunday coming. So to Sunday's game at Rugby Park, as I said, James, difficult surface, hot day, awkward opponents, final scoreline 5-0. What were we ever worried about? Exactly, you know, the quality told in the end, um, or in the start, and, and just continued that way. You know, I, I watched Kamark against Rangers last week, or a week before, whichever it was last week. Obsessed. And, and they were hashtag obsessed, I If you don't keep an eye on what's going on with your competition, then you should. Um, they were they were abysmal. Kilmarnock, um just didn't look at the races at all, and I thought, that's how it's going to play out, even if it's in their home pitch, which won't be watered, which... If the SPFL are going to allow these pitches, at least insist that they're watered or you get fined or whatever kind of thing. Try and get some kind of, you know, football out of it. But, so no, Kamara was very poor. I, I was confident we'd, we'd get in there and give them a good, good thousand and, and that's what happened, you know, so quality told. Yeah, definitely. My fans went with a, an unchanged team from last week's one over Ross County and, you know, there's a bit of debate. Maeda, Abada, Jack and Marcus Kugel, but it was proven right by the, the 3 half halftime scoreline. Absolutely. I, personally I went for Abada not because I don't like Maeda I just think Abada's shown enough in the glimpses when he's come on that he probably deserved a wee, a wee chance but then 
you, you see immediately why Maeda is so pivotal to the team and just the way that he stretches opposition defences. He just constantly asks fullbacks that question. He's on their shoulder. He's just out the periphery. It's, it's so difficult to defend against. Not only the fact that if you're not goal-side him, you're not going to catch him. Even if you are goal-side him, you might not catch sure. him. But if if you just lose him for that half yard, he's gone. And that that was all it took. And I think Maida, Maida always makes the game look quite simple. You know, the ball come into him, his first thought, just roll in a Kyogo, you know, on what is his bad foot, great ball in, and, and great finish. But um, the vision for Greg Taylor as well, I know the, the running joke is my adoration of, of Greg Taylor, but... I think what you're now seeing is somebody that's got the confidence to show his technical ability to go with the, the undoubted work rate and application that he had as well. And now he feels that confidence to drop into those areas and play those passes, whereas before he would have just left it to probably Turnbull or, Ailey or, or whatever else. Um, he was quoted through the week as saying, uh, it's a very hard way to play football, Angie's method, but it's probably the most enjoyable um, when, you, when you work it out. So... I think you're just now seeing the benefits of that. You've seen a coach that's come in and made a player v- very much better than what he was before. Um, but to, with regards to Maeda's impact, I would have probably, probably went with a bad a pre-game, but Ange knows what he's doing. That's why you're here and Ange's in the dugout, Muff. Correct. That's the way it goes. Um, I'm glad you went on to Taylor because he was absolutely next on the agenda. And I'm, I'm being... Flipping to an extent here, but it seems that every week there's a Greg Taylor section, certainly over the last few weeks, and, and rightfully so. James, his contribution overall was exceptional, and he set the tone with that um, action for the first goal, where he's just played that brilliant ball in the channel to Maeda, who steps on, and it's 1-0. And he's really deserving all the praise that's coming his way just now. Yeah, it's becoming a, a signature Greg Taylor pass. You know, back to goal, knows where his attackers are, gets it in, and the pace of the ball as well, Maeda just has to one touch, Gilgo one touch, and it's a goal. Um, he really is the, the poster boy for everything that Ange brings to Celtic. Couldn't be happier for him. And I don't think there is this, you know, people look for, oh, I, I backed him for the start, not yourself, Miff. You did back him for the start, but you're not that kind of told you so kind of guy. These performances last year aren't what they are this year. This is a guy who's really just learned enjoyed his break, dug into training in the summer and now he's delivering it. And I think that, see that that point you make, my um, appreciation of Taylor came when he played, it was still Kilmarnock at the time. <laughs> but, Joy Barton. But he played, no, 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 but he played for, he played for Scotland. Um, mm. And he had, he had a rough night that night, but te- I could see technically he was really, really good in the ball, but he was still young at the time, probably just a bit overexposed to be honest, but Clark. Um, brought him in I, th- I think it was one of Clark's earlier games but, but he played anyway so when Celtic had signed him in turn the left I, I just thought that's, that's a pretty good fit and I, I think what he suffered from was just Celtic's post Tierney hangover because, because Tierney was even though he was a left back sounds unusual to say that Tierney was just so good created so many chances in a game you know was rarely beaten going the other way it was going to be difficult for him to come in and done that and even see the, the disaster that was ball and goalie, you know, there, there's been others that have come in and tried as well, but I think now it's, it's, I'm just delighted for him because clearly it's that work that he's put in that's now paying off. Yeah. He's getting praise from all quarters and uh, particularly, you know, on Sunday, Jota was the man that stepped up, so you'll have seen the nice moment in yeah. the post-match interview, uh, Jota presented him with his award, I'm just going to quote Jota, you'll have seen the clip I'm sure, but Jota said... 
I think I should speak about Greg because he's been unbelievable this season and he's a top player. He's delivering in every game. He really deserves us, the man of the match award. I think he doesn't get enough credit and congratulations to him. And, you know, that quote in itself, it says a lot about Jota, says a lot about Greg Taylor. It also says a lot about this squad as a whole, doesn't it? Yeah, I mean, you only have to look at their interactions on the pitch and like there's a bit of social media stuff for Starfield and stuff like that. Everyone's delighted for him to get his first goal. Um, this, this is Ange again it's, it's culture beat strategy he's created this culture where you can bring so many players I think it's something like 12 out of the, 12 out of the 15 write that down we're all I've got it my culture beat strategy I'm going to add yep. it I think we'll bring a book out at the end of the season uh, with all your <laughs> maxims and culture beat strategy and also his, uh, his awards as well yeah. my awards your, sub, your subdivision subcategories oh yeah yeah there's, oh, yeah. there's, a lot of, there's more of them to come <laughs> I know we're, we're so, uh, sorry we've gone off piece yeah. James back to you um, just the cohesion of the team but I think it was 12 out of the 15 players or uh, 16 players were Ange signings yesterday something like that so to bring that amount of players in and it not just taking you know two seasons for it to, to work for it to work last season score a double and then hit the ground running this season and really start to, you know, Sunday tells us that we're starting to get to towards full pace for the season, which will take us into uh, beating them at the start of September. Them. And then taking us into Europe where we really want to be making our mark. Yeah. Just on, on that point, I was speaking to my good friend, the Badger, on the way in. Um, <laughs> friend of the show. Friend of the show. And I actually said, mentioned that just about the team and how they seem to be so cohesive as, as a unit on and off the park uh, but I think just the fans are genuinely in love with this team they've fallen completely in love with the team and the characters contained within it and that's just such a powerful thing because you could I mean even pre-game I, I wasn't at Rugby Park unfortunately um, but I watched it on the telly and the noise for the away end Aye. 15 minutes before kickoff was was deafening and the, the, you know if you're a player you know yourself play, play any level you know, you get some sort of backing. But how must it feel for the team to go out and they're unified and then getting the early goal only adds to that momentum yeah. as well. The, the team are just, they're ravenous. They mm. just can't, they just can't wait to score goals. And they're, I mean, there's been five there on on Sunday, but it could, it could easily, there could easily have been three or four, but there's been three or four good chances. I can think of Kyogo hitting the bar straight away. Jota should have scored to my aid as well. But, uh, first half, there, there was a glut of chances as well. Yeah, it's a team full of personality and that's why it's so easy as a fan to get on board. Add into the mix, you know, we were stung by the, you know, the failed season under Neil Lennon. So the only way was up and all that kind of stuff. But we've gone so far up from that. It's unbelievable. And I'm speaking to guys. We had a, we had a, what would we say? Are we a middle-aged? Are we middle-aged? I'm middle-aged. I don't know how you would class yourself. I'm middle-aged. Right. Well, if you're middle-aged, I'm middle-aged. And James, you're a wee bit older than middle-aged. Just, just, listen, just, to, just listen, to talk about it. Listen to making up a set of stairs. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but speaking to guys of our own age our dad James and various other folk you know of that age and many folk are telling you this is as much as they've enjoyed Celtic in many many a year and we've had lots of success over the years and Martin O'Neill and you know Lennon had success at times definitely Brendan Rodgers but I think there's just something about the personality of this team which is really drawn everybody in and it's you know it's great to see just when you mention Rodgers I'm, I'm thoroughly enjoying his uh, lack of funds to spend <laughs> I mean what a, what a Get blatant it right up, yeah. but it's a blatant dig at the Leicester board it's nothing to do with us He's saying, unless you're because he wouldn't give me funds, you're not giving me funds. Yeah. You know, that's, that's for him. It's at the skids, isn't it? Yeah. Um, Get it up, you. Anyway, in terms of personality, so no bigger personality in this Celtic team than Jota. Hands down, for me, the best player in the country, despite what Chris Boyd or anyone else might tell you. He's now contributed to five of Celtic's 10 league goals a season, so that's two goals of his own and three assists. 
Um, and it was a 25-yard wonder strike again, very reminiscent of Aberdeen. Despite Rory McKenzie trying to put him off, have yes. you seen it? Yes, seen it. <laughs> Jeez, not, that's, not, that's Saturday morning football. We're, aye, we're not in the fives after aye. a couple of years. That, that's his senior football and that's what he's coming to. But Miff, the guy's on fire, isn't he? He is, but I, I think that's... If, if you're Rory McKenzie, um, as a small diminutive average player myself... Um, I would have used any trick to have put off a player at Jota's calibre, so I'm not going to to slag him for that. But I I do think what we're now seeing is, we're just seeing that there's there's levels within levels. Jota is clearly a very good footballer. I I think he's just something special. The individuals in the team, when when you look at individuals around the team, I would say Jota is of a standard above most players we've had in in recent years. You know... Small caveat to that is I thought the same of Patrick Roberts when when he was here, but he made decisions for, for post. Yeah, he for made some reasons wingers that get you off your seat. He he made decisions post his Celtic career which yeah. have affected his career. Jota, I think, will have improved his career by staying because I think it will lead him to higher highs in terms of bigger profile of possible playing in a bigger league. I don't mean bigger clubs. I had to settle down before we get the complaint emails <laughs> in. Um, Jota for me is just. I still can't believe we've signed him for six million pounds. I, I, I just think it's a phenomenal bit of business, and I say that because in the many years of watching Celtic, it's not often you see a player of that just that raw talent. And what I would say is raw talent that's probably pretty much untapped. Yeah, and he's going to on. develop and flourish in the next two to three years at Celtic if, if we're lucky enough to keep him that long. That's just how good I think he is. But if you, if you, it's augmented by Carter Vickers, who's a Premiership standard centre half. Kyogo, who was an unknown quantity, but is clearly operating at a very, very high level. You could argue the same about Hitati when, when when fit and playing in his pomp. O'Reilly, who could have easily been playing for film, but has chosen to come to us for career development. Juranovic, who I think is just an absolute star. You're then going, well, wait a wee minute here. With those individual players who you would regard on their own right as exceptional and be able to get into most teams, uh, and, and you'll say the English Premier League because it's the one that's most comparable. Yep. You're thinking, well, wait a minute. We've got all these guys in the books, mm-hmm. you know. Joe Hart as well added into that. Somebody with immense experience. We've mentioned how Taylor's improved. It's time to start getting excited, lads. <laughs> <laughs> Don't need to ask you twice, Miff. Um, you mentioned about the the price we paid for Jota, and it's you know it's come up time after time now. It is a six million pound steal. Uh, it's outrageous business, and I think you can just imagine Benfica's directors logging onto Twitter on Sunday night going, "Oh, just he's uh, no, done I, again." You know. Yeah, Some, somebody's got to carry the can for that because they already. I think. I think they foolishly agreed that at the outset and he's surpassed that and, and then if Celtic sell him tomorrow they're trebling their cash easily he's also if you had a daughter he's a lovely lovely lad you wouldn't mind your daughter bring, bring him up the road he's, that's not really what we look at for signing players but nice to know ah, yeah. it's, it's an added bonus yeah. is, is all I'd say um, what about opinions lads? speaking of opinions <laughs> his goal James um, wonder strike for, for any anybody watching football what a strike Unless you're Andy Walker. Unless you're Andy Walker, right? Or oh, I think Rob McLean, Rob McLean as well. Yeah. Um, oh, basically trying Rob, to, trying to pin it on the goalie. Oh, 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 oh. Yeah. We'll, we'll, we'll come to this when we're talking about the TV deals. I'm sure that'll spin into this. If you're involved in Scottish football and talking about Scottish football and commentating on Scottish football and you want to talk it down at any given juncture because of your team allegiances or just bitterness or whatever, just resign the day and let us go on with the job because that is a class goal from a class player I thought the keeper's kind of trying to cover both both posts. I said in the aftermatch yesterday, and he you know, swings tees right in the end. The power's just way too much. I don't know what kind of goalie saves that. You need to be. I put put it this way: it's not Kamarnock's goalie that saves that. It's world class goalies that might save that. David De Gea, 
well, not him exactly, do you know what I mean? <laughs> so the power of that shot is behind you before you've even got a chance to think about getting your angles right. No mm. chance, man. Sorry, just to interject then. So I'm just taking notes because I can, I can see the headlines, James. Middle-aged podcaster calls for high-profile resignations. Is that what you're saying? Multiple high-profile resignations. Yeah. Can we do five minutes, man? You know, it's no, no chance, man. Couldn't care less. Good luck to them. I'll take it, Andy. It's shambolic. They did come into my head when you mentioned the the post Kieran Tierney era for Celtic and how we've struggled to fill that gap. But as a bigger picture, they have is it something like a dozen managers since Fergie, maybe or nine, dozen. maybe. Aye. A lot of guys, any, and they just they cannot get out their own headspace. Well, I've seen. I've seen somebody... above the manager. We're going to No, but I, d- I just seen. Uh, we'll end on this note, right? And I think it's a very poignant note to end on. You know, what was it, three, four nil down half time? Four, you're getting four, in, aye. you're looking for the, you know, that kind of that team talk that's going to inspire you, to motivate you to get back out. And the manager's putting sun cream in his napper. It's probably just no got to, do you know what I mean? He is on a, on a high into nothing though. Absolutely. Same uh, as the rest of them before him. It's a poison chalice at this moment in time. Moving on, back to Celtic. So, Matthew, you touched on the Maeda Abada debate um, just a wee bit earlier on in the piece there. And I just, you know, it's, it's on the agenda. So I just want to cover it just in, in its entirety in terms of he was excellent in the first half and he fully justified his start. A lot of people online were harking back to that 3 1 victory at Almondville. I keep calling it Almondville, the Tony Macaroni myth that you were at last season, where he, he had a serious part to play in terms of how good Celtic were on that, on that day. And he's fully justified his start there. He's getting two assists uh, to his name there for, for Sunday. Are you giving him the Jota assist, James? I uh, know Jota did all the work, but aye. He, aye. He, he'll put in a play for him. Put it, put in a play 30 yards ago. Still a but chest, chest and pass into space. Aye, I, I, and I, I, it's, I, an, it's a nice pace. Assist for me. I think he adjusted very well, actually. So the ball was spinning around and he had the, the composure to control it. Roll that nice path, yep. and obviously he's on the same wavelength as Kugel for the first goal. But he's justifying every start at the moment, James. So that was the same as Miff. I'm a, a bad fan, and I, I would have gotten him totally wrong. But I suppose what we're getting to here is, you know, when there are those you know small debates of Abada, Maeda, all that kind of stuff, the the quality gap is so tight. You know, it's we're, we're not talking about no harm, but we're not talking about Maeda or Mikey Johnson starting with the quality. <sighs> Uh, no, I wow. didn't. I didn't mean that. What a cheap shot, James. James. But there is a, there. Just, oh. just be honest. There is a gap there at the moment, and you know, hopefully, Mikey develops in the gap, closes between the two. But at the moment, if you're picking between Maida and Mikey Johnson, you're going, "Oh, that's a bit of a gap." Picking between Maida and Abada, it's like you know, eachy peachy almost. And Maida totally justifies his, his selection, of course. Abada comes on with fresh legs to terrorise a right back when Jota switches to left or whatever you've changed up there. So, it's this is how it's going to be and it might be a bad it starts over Maida when we start getting into congestion and stuff like that or you know injuries and knocks and stuff you know Maida's obviously going to be suspended at some point for all these uh, bookings he's picking up you know likes a wee girl yeah <laughs> so yeah see that that the the Kilmarnock fullback really bought a free kick out he called the ball up the line and waited on him running into him did you see that one? yeah it was it was poor. cheap cheap poor, cheap cheap Muff, um, you've spoken in recent weeks about the, the need for Celtic still to potentially sign a striker. We've spoken about maybe a number six, maybe a striker. Kyogo and Jack Marcus, two brilliant options just now, but if one or, one or two other get injured, then we're in a wee bit of bother. Um, turns out the solution might be staring us in the face in the shape of goal machine Maurice Jens. He's now two goals <laughs> for two starts. Your thoughts on that? Just wondering where you're going that one, Tino. Um, listen, he, he's doing his job at, at both ends. He, we can't really complain. I think he looks he looks really comfortable on the ball first and foremost. Um, you've seen him driving into space more than a few times. 
in the first half and you could see the Kelly players all turning around pointing at each other as if so to say you, you no <laughs> you brilliant so he's got confidence to do that after two games maybe Rory McKenzie could have just shouted at him mm. I, I think he did try it to be fair yeah. um, but it's just going to help his confidence you know as an aside getting two goals whilst you've contributed defensively as well it's just going to add to his confidence but he looks he, he looks a, he looks a decent player it'll be interesting to see him getting put under a bit more defensive pressure just so we know what we've got in, in, in that sense but again it's only got to help being paired with somebody like Carter Vickers who just seems to help their partner exude confidence doesn't matter who plays there with him um, he's just got that solid quality about him uh, but as far as Jens is concerned Here's home is three and three against the Jambos. Yeah, there's now a very genuine quandary for Ange, so we'll get to it later in the show the the preview of the Hearts game. But what does he do now? If Jens is declared fit, Starfelt's come back in, got his goal, looking good, looking lean, got that solid, but looking fantastic. The yeah. tap off, got that uh, fantastic partnership with Carter Vickers, and and you know Stephen Welsh very unlucky finds himself bottom of the list again. He's now fourth choice again through no fault of his own. I think he you know, took a lot at Lennox Town. And we know Chris Julian's not in the mix. So there's real good options there. But from Jens's point of view, he's just stepped in and with the the minimal of fuss, just got on with his job. It's the other guy in the team who does that is Carter Vickers. You know, mm-hmm. so you've got two minimum of fuss, good at their job centre halves, non spectacular apart from scoring goals. You know, just doing the job, taking the ball out of defence, spreading it, starting attacks. For me, it's going to be him. And it's that's harsh on Starfelt and Welsh. There's going to be like every other position, there's going to be rotation, there's going to be opportunities. We're going to need at least three, if not four of our centre half to finish this season on top. We're still week to week, so between now and the Hearts game, which is on Sunday, then it's Dundee United the following weekend, and then I think the midweek stuff starts, I think it's Ross County uh, during the week on the 31st of August in the League Cup. And at that point, your midweek programme then kicks into play. Yeah. You've got Champions League on the 5th of September and, and so on and so forth. And I think we'll definitely see more of that rotation. But in the meantime, if I think Angie's seen... His starting team are doing their job and he's quite happy to you know, provide a bit of consistency in these lineups. Yeah, and why not? I think we've bemoaned the fact that we've been involved in these early season qualifiers for so long. Now we're seeing the benefit of not. We've got a cohesive team playing well, settled. They've obviously worked pre-season on the way that they wanted to play, structure around the team, and, and it's bearing fruit. So, I, I, yeah, I still think there's more, more to come in terms of incomings. I do think we'll sign another couple yeah. um, it's obviously clear by the substitutions he's making as well that Moy is the preferred kind of closer if that's the, the right uh, word, uh, word to use yeah. and I thought he, he, again he just gets involved a lot he's, he gets on the ball a lot when he comes on which is obviously good to see um, but, but bigger tests await in, in the future and we just need to see how the squad as a whole react to that because you know what it's like when it gets put under the stress test people will start Flat my wee bit and just that's where we need to trust Ange and what he's seen every day in training and we just go with that that's true but I also think the players are responding well to the competition Greg Taylor's a great example isn't it you know Bernabe's around just now and putting a bit of pressure on him uh, the centre halves are all putting pressure on each other Jack and Mac is putting pressure on Kyogo Abada putting pressure on Maeda it's across the team and I think guys are stepping up so as opposed to going I'm feeling this a wee bit I'm a bit out of sorts guys are actually saying I'm going to go the other way I'm going to show Ange why I should start this game rather than be the the last 30 minutes guy and it's it's great to see I mean just in terms of Starfield just to stay on him for a moment um, if it's scrappy a goal as you'll see there's, <laughs> there's no doubt about it I think it hits Carter shoulder keeper makes a decent first save and then Starfield puts it away at the second time of asking but the more important thing for me was that 
It was just the fact that he got a goal, his first in Celtic colours, and what it clearly meant to him and his teammates, they were all in the pylon, you know, in that corner there, and everyone was absolutely buzzing for him, and included. Yes, absolutely. He's got a big character. I'd seen him, the boys sometimes watch the wee YouTube snippets for Celtic TV, and um, it was one with Joe Hart, and he was he was speaking fairly glowingly just about Starfield and how he is in the dressing room and things like that. And I can only imagine a player's had the misfortune to in the timing of his injury just yeah, before the start he's clearly yeah. worked hard pre-season then just got injured just as the games have, have been due to start he's then had to work a few weeks behind the team missed the start of the season got himself fit seen two other people deputise for him and do well because I think you could say that about, about Welsh as well uh, for him to get his moment get his goal you just saw how much it meant to all of them as a group and as well kind of breaking character a wee bit to show yeah. Show a bit of, a bit of affection, um, but yeah, you can you can see we mentioned it earlier on. We're in love with this team because they're a, they're an easy team to love. They, they 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 give us back what we're giving them, and that, I think that's just the most important thing. Mm-hmm. Yep. To finish off the scoring for the day, Jack Amakis, we've spoken about it, overhead kick, and he's clearly desperate to score every time he takes the park, and he's shown his worth. And that is that is something that very few players can do. Just have the the agility and the ability just to to switch that on when absolutely needed. Question is, James, how long is he going to be happy playing second fiddle? I don't think this is the debate to have, certainly not now. It's too late for me to rewrite that question, so we'll need to have it. Okay, let's have that debate. <laughs> um, I know what you mean, so there was there was a wee bit of a look of defiance, you know, in his, in his goal celebration, and quite right, mm-hmm. you know, because number nines, you know, your, your strikers should be a slight touch arrogant, you know, the Chris Sutton's of the world and stuff like that, where... Because they've got so much self-belief and you have to be, if you want to be F1 driver, tennis player, you know, in football, there's not many roles, apart from maybe goalie actually, where it's it's all on you. And the, the, the primary striker, it's all on you. You've got to provide the goals or the, the lion's share of them. And, I mean, <laughs> Keogh is the complete opposite. Like, I just like playing football and scoring goals. Jack Amakis has that you know, real, and I love it, the real, real striker's arrogance, self-belief. Maybe arrogance is a bit strong, but certainly very high self self confidence. He, in terms of high performance across all sports, across you know all walks of life, the real high performance guys thrive under that pressure. So that I'm not getting in the team just now because Hugo's getting the start. He'll be saying, "I know what to do to change that." So I don't have any issues in terms of it's going to affect him or he's going to, you know, dip his head or whatever. It will just be until again, the, the midweeks are coming around pretty soon. And you will see it'll be Jack and Mac starting, it'll be Hugo starting. At the moment, he'll go week to week and then it'll rotate as we go into it. So, not, not a problem for me. I think you may well be right. So, just as we're kind of drawing the chat to a close, Miff, on Kilmarnock, very generally Celtic are, are really, you know, moving through the gears at this moment in time. They're in very good shape at this moment in time. Three games, three wins, ten goals. And I think as you touched on this week, our training and prep between each game, it just seems to be a huge plus. We've not experienced it for some time. And I think you can clearly see that they're enjoying whatever it is they're doing there the rest the recovery the planning and it's bearing fruit every time we take to the park just now absolutely and on the point of Jacques I think yeah he'll be he'll be itching to play I don't think he's happy that he's not playing which is a good thing how long that lasts the timing of one game a week will probably it'll just come at the right time mm-hmm. when we go back to, to two a week and then he'll see more minutes starting I think Kyogo's probably your starter in the Champions League and Jackie Marcus would be your starter in the SPL as I think how Ange would go but 
you, you want that and you need that competition. Like we said, the, the issue will come if either of them get a niggle, and I only say that because it happened last year, to both. Where, where both of them were out for a, a fairly lengthy period of time, so we don't want to play roulette with them going the full season without being out. We know it can happen, they're susceptible to it, and, and it's up to us to do our utmost to manage the squad effectively to make sure we're covered in that position. Yeah, but a brilliant problem to have between those two guys just now. And a great afternoon all round at Rugby Park. So five goals, five different scorers and Celtic kick on. Even McInnes after the game, just can he bring himself to say, well played, ah, all the goals were, I mean Celtic, ah, but all five the goals were avoided. It was kind of, we just need to know, we don't concede goals like them again. I get it right up you, McInnes. I'd, I'd love beating him. Absolutely love him. A 30-yard screamer, two overhead kicks. Oh, all, couldn't all even, defensive errors. Just couldn't choke out a, Fair play to Celtic, Aye. he just couldn't even do it. We just come up against it. Oh, the, the, the blow of defeat softened for him. The fact he'd be saving a fortune in the sunbeds, he'd be right out the back with the Hawaiian Tropicon, <laughs> six cans, sorted. Yeah. But five lucky goals for Celtic in the middle. Before we move on to the next section, I want to let listeners know what we've got coming up on our Celtic Exchange Plus subscription service this week. As always, we've got our pre- and post-match podcasts either side of every Celtic game, and ahead of the Hearts game this weekend, we'll have the warm-up show out on Friday afternoon, and then our final whistle show, which will be available shortly after the game on Sunday. We've also got a special episode coming up on Wednesday this week, where we hear from some of the guys at the Nottingham Pride of Erin CSE as part of our CSE Stories series. So if you haven't yet signed up for the Celtic Exchange Plus, you can do so now at the celticexchange.supercast.com where we're offering all new listeners a free seven-day trial for a very limited time only. So to enjoy our exciting new range of shows and to make sure you don't miss any of the action as Celtic start to gather a bit of early season momentum, then visit the celticexchange.supercast.com and start your free trial today. If anyone asks, just tell them I've sent you. Is that the way to go? Quote my first 5% off? No. 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 Quote my for 0% off. Um, so back to the show. News has broken in the last few days that Sky Sports are looking to extend their current deal with the SPFL by four years, which would take them up to the end of the 2028-29 season. The current deal ends after the 2024-25 season, but Sky Sports are proposing a four-year extension, which will include a payment to the SPFL of £29.5 million each year, which is £118 million over the four years. The suggestion is that the 12 clubs currently in the top flight now have 28 days to respond to this and that, ma- that a majority of 11 votes to one will be enough to see this deal go through. So a few questions uh, on that for you, lads. First of all, the broadcast rights beyond the end of 2025 have not been put out to tender, right? So this means that the likes of BT Sport, Premier Sport, Amazon Prime, whoever, can't submit a bid for the rights even if they wanted to. So question one would be why not? Oh, sure, yeah. And moving on. Um, as it stands, our TV deal, I know you've got some numbers here, James, so you can respond, but as it stands, our TV deal, I think, is around the 16th best in Europe, despite Scottish football having the 9th best coefficient at this moment in time. And we're currently behind the likes of Greek the Greek Super League, the Polish Extra Lassa, and the Danish Superliga. If I can see at the corner of my eye that James has put on the specs. So Glasses are on. Over to you, James, they're, give us some they're, stuff. They're quite hard to put on my headphones. Glasses are uh, I mean, it just is. It's a first. So Scotland are twenty fourth globally, right? And mo- most of the, the kind of leagues above us: United States, Chile, uh, a couple others. You know, so you're probably talking we're in the twentieth position in Europe. Even if you look at, if you wanted to double your money, you go to Norway. Norway are getting sixty three million a, a season, season, and we're getting thirty or less than thirty. Uh, Greece fifty seven, Poland forty four, Sweden forty three, Italy, Serie B. Serie B 38 what, uh, what does Norway offer that Scotland doesn't in terms of football 
Exactly. Who's the top two or three teams in Norway? Mitchelland? Denmark. Rosenborg. Denmark. Rosenborg. Rosenborg. Bodeglunt. Molda. Bodeglunt. I need to go and hide Molda. Uh, but what have they got as a spectacle in terms of Celtic Rangers and some other stuff? What do they have that's a real showpiece? Look, look at their stadia. All their stadia are, you know, 15, 20, 25,000. So it's not, you know, they don't have the amphitheatres and call it what you want, but Ibrox is a big stadium, Celtic Park is a big stadium. They both play in Europe regularly. Um, you know, there's a lot of things to be selling the Scottish game on. I've, there's a report come out today on, I think last off, there's a report come out today on this. Uh, Independent review from Hearts and Hibs and various others through Deloitte. Deloitte. I've not had a chance to properly read it yet, but one of the, the, the comments that jumped out at me is they found that the SPFL was not a commercially minded organisation. It was an administrative focused organisation, which tells you why no harm. But that's why you've got a, a poor cinch deal. It's why you can't couldn't find a sponsor for the Scottish Cup. It's why you're chucking away what looks like twenty million a year at least yeah. in your football. You, you were talking earlier about Scotland per capita is the most watched, you know, Scottish football. football is the most watched per capita across Europe. You know, it's, it's Scotland is a football mad country and like at Lumpet, the reason there are TV deals is because they get eyeballs and they can sell advertising in the back of that. It's just how the model works at present. Mm-hmm. There's, there's a whole range of different providers in here and Apple TV are involved and, you know, Amazon, whatever. And we're just saying... No, this guy serves up five, seven more years of that muck you've been giving us for however long, you know. It, it does, to your point about what Deloitte reveals about them being a, not a non-profit organisation, that's the wrong terminology, but... Non-commercial. Yeah, it's effectively the bowling club mentality. It's, you know, it's just looking to, money's out, money's in, we break even, Neil Doncaster gets his 300k, yeah, 350k, Jeez, give or take. And whatever else is doing the rounds, we'll get a couple of first class trips, we'll go to some Euros, we'll go to some World Cups, we'll do different things. We'll all have a great time and yeah, 29.5 million a year, that'll do. Rather than looking at the, the bigger picture as a, as any other commercial organisation would do and say, right Sky, 29.5, leave it with me, I'm going to go on the blower to yeah. BT and XYZ and see what we can do. I mean, where are you at? Is Scottish football just constantly selling itself short and does Neil Doncaster ultimately need to take responsibility for that? Um, I think it's a very... Scottish thing to kind of undersell ourselves that, that's kind of ingrained I, in the I, Scottish I, I side I don't agree yeah. with that mentality I'm not saying I agree with the mentality no, what I'm saying I is I don't think that's the prevalent mentality in Scotland I think it's around but it's well, also competing with people who think about growth and you know getting on and no, being better no, there are people like that but then it would beg the question as to why we don't have that person in the right position and so it, Don, it, Doncaster it, sees himself as just the kind of you know placeholder and I just do what the clubs tell me I'm looking at 350 grand just to do what you're told. Well, exactly. So, is that not, if you start at the start, that's the kind of weakest part of the chain? Because you can't tell me all the clubs don't want to maximise the revenue. All the clubs are on their backsides in terms of financial profile. Mm-hmm. So, season ticket sales, you hear more recently for, for the clubs that have just come back into uh, the SPL, you know, the likes of Dundee United last season, Kilmarnock this season, Hearts. I've been on a, a kind of good run. I think they've sold out their season tickets as well. Celtic Rangers, you, you would expect. Um, I think Motherwell season ticket sales were, were increased this year than what they were, were the year before. I know a club that, that's really close to their community and, and does a lot locally, commercially. So the the willingness to get in, in about the communities to try and maximise the revenues there from the clubs, surely then the commercial departments of the clubs are, are, are feeding that up the way to, yeah. the, to the main body mm-hmm. whose job it is to do very simply what they're doing. And that's maximising the, the revenue that they can potentially gain. I, I made the point to James before we come on, because Scottish football isn't 
overly commercial, it tends to retain a wee bit of its soul, I think. You know, it, it, you can tell the fans are still close to the to the action, the clubs, and there's a spirit between the clubs and the fans, which I would say in some cases in the English Premier League is, is, is lacking. It's, it's almost like Definitely. there's a disconnect there. Yeah. Um, but as James said to me, there is a balance to be sought in that, whereby there's no harm in gaining more revenue to put into the kitties of the clubs, which is only going to increase the competition, which is only going quality. to increase the, the product quality. Um, but it, it has to start at the start, and there has to be somebody in place. You know, Doncaster's getting paid quite a lot of money. I would say if he's only managing to get the 14th best deal in European football. No, European, 20th. 20th in Europe, yeah. is it? Europe. 24th yeah. globally. Somewhere between 16 and 20 in Europe, so, bottom so of the barrel. that immediately says that he's not doing his job correctly. So, uh, what, what what are we doing? What are we doing as a, as a, as a group of fans, as a, as a as a culture, Scottish football, to make that better? Yeah, I mean, in terms of the other clubs, I think it's Aberdeen who have tweeted out today, so they're heavily involved in this Deloitte study. And the sole purpose, as you say, Matthew, is, to, is to turn a coin, is to increase revenues. And they've stated, I'm not sure if it's a, a mission statement or an objective or whatever you want to class it as, but basically they want to take this £29 million a year and increase it to, I'll need to check the figures, but I think 50 million was the target per year by 2029. So they're all driving towards that, but I agree with what you said, James, about Neil Doncaster. Too often he's pitched up in the press at different times and says, I'm just the guy that organises the, the vote type thing. You know, it's, it's, I don't make calls, I don't make decisions, I don't lead, I don't drive commerciality. I just do what the various chairmen ask me to do and, and if 11 votes to one then I just carry that vote forward. That is not acceptable. That is not good enough and that is not value for 300, 350 care, whatever it is. And you need somebody far more driven. And if I think you're right, I think there's a there's definitely a balance to be found between that you know, positive commerciality and and keeping the integrity and the soul of the game. And, and that's up to someone talented to find it. And there's talented individuals around Scotland to James's point. But Neil Doncaster doesn't seem to be the right man and he's just so passive about it all you know he's just so you know years pass by and nothing really happens there's no there's no drivers for change there and why would you if you're getting paid 350k for doing next to nothing but also how long has he been in that job right so no, no CEO as we found to our cost should be in a role for too too long because thinking gets stilted there's no fresh ideas there's no taking risks because it's all safe 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 so what's he been in the job like I think you're pushing 20 years 15 years anyway wouldn't it be 20 it must be getting to that. When was the SPFL changed? From SPL to SPFL? 2008. And he was in before then? Maybe about 20 years, James. There you go. It's, yeah. it's, it's 15 anyway, right? It's a long time. So how does he keep his job at home and says, let's maybe just put this to the field and see if there's somebody else you know, comes in with some smart ideas? Well, I think what it comes down to, after that length of time in the job, you would expect somebody in that position to have built a network of contacts that would have different providers vying for the rights rather than oh, you, know, you go with your pals one option yeah there it's there kind of fixed price almost like you're it's a take it or leave it offer from Skype that you're having to take mm -hmm. you know simple business sense tells you to have options if you take out and you're applying for your mortgage you would go to, go to a broker and get three options wouldn't you you wouldn't yeah. just go and take the first one that came along there's probably a nice relationship with somebody at Sky mm -hmm. Neil Doncaster probably goes out for dinner and gets on really well with such and such at Sky Sports and then they say right Neil this one's coming up for renewal here's the next deal. Right, I'll put it to the clubs and let you know, guys. And that's that's exactly what seems to be happening. Um, just to tally up, James, well, you've now called for Andy Walker, Rob McLean and Doncaster. Anyone else before the close of the show? I'll get back to you. Get back, let us know. There's, there's a few. Um, the, the final point I'd like to make on this, though, and this is, of course, this is a Celtic podcast and it's primarily about Celtic and, and what's going on in that world. But you'd also like to think that more money coming into this game would help 
the Dundee Uniteds and Motherwells avoid the embarrassing Absolutely. Euro defeats that we've seen in the last week or so. If they can improve the, the, the players that they bring in and improve the quality on offer, they maybe go one or two rounds further in Europe, they maybe make group stages. And the whole thing plays out positively. The coefficient rises and, and the whole game is, is lifted. But there just seems to be this reluctance across the board in Scotland. And, and James, we've not even touched on the, the commentary from some in the mainstream media, whether you're writing press articles, whether you're on podcasts, whether you're a, you know, a broadcast journalist. There's too many in the Scottish game that are happy to talk the game down. So if you look at any bog standard, you know, some pretty poor, like I watched the first half of Aston Villa Everton on Saturday there. It was dire, right? But they'll take that game and the marketing guys at Sky or whoever go say, right, give me five good things that happened in that game and that's all we'll show people, that's all we'll talk about. So if you take the Celtic Ross County the week before, there was something really interesting in that game in the way that Malky McKay tried to set up, you know, funneling Carter Vickers forward in the, you know, the block and how long it took us to break it, break it down and how we broke it down. There's a, an interesting analytical 10-15 minutes of, you know, TV on that that could sell a, a Monday night football show or whatever. There's no interest in that whatsoever. It's, oh, turgid football and, you know, Celtic were lucky to escape and, you know, somebody rescued Celtic with a goal in the last minute or whatever kind of thing. It's negative for parochial reasons, as you, as you mentioned earlier on, Miff. And these guys have got to step back from the Scottish football and let somebody else take over because you're going to keep us in the mire forever if you don't get out of the way. Yeah. It's an interesting one and we're going to hear much more about it in the, the weeks ahead. As I mentioned, I think the clubs have got 28 days to respond to the proposal. So we'll see a few more headlines and, and we'll see if it goes through and we'll maybe revisit it at some point. But it's definitely interesting. We'll, we'll revisit it in 2029. <laughs> when they've uh, completed that deal. Uh, back to football and stuff. So Hearts the visitors to Celtic Park this Sunday as we host the third place side in the league and a 3pm kickoff. They've made a decent start to their campaign, one and two, and drawn one of their three games. And this will likely be your toughest test yet in terms of league stuff. Matt, what kind of challenge are you expecting on Sunday? Jambos are getting noisy, I know a few. Um, don't like that. Don't like it at all. Um, I expect a, a, a tough test. Adding the likes of Shankland, I know they lost Sims, who, who's been doing well down at, um, down at Sunderland. I know he was only on loan, but I, I think they would have liked him for another Absolutely. season. Yeah good player um, and to bring in somebody the, the proven quality Shankland proven quality goal you know, Scottish striker will score, score goals um, I think it's a good good signing for him Mackay seems to have settled seems to be showing he's, he's, he's better for him as well and, and I think Boyce is a, a classy operator as well so there's a threat he's going forward straight away however as it always does it comes down to us on the day how we perform and how we go about our attack and play because for all I've mentioned there about Hartsey's potential attacking threat, it doesn't happen if we press them high up the park and we keep the ball up the end of the park as well because it'll be the likes of Shankland, Boyce and Mackay doing the things they don't want to do and that's running back towards their own goal. So that, that's very simply my take on it. I expect a tough test. If we let Hearts play, they will play and they will be a threat. But I don't expect us to. I expect us to press them high. I expect us to put a lot of pressure on them, play with intensity and, and hopefully come away with three points. Yeah. The results have been decent, James. So they won their opening game 2-1 against Ross County. They then drew one each with Hibs and it was a very late Martin Boyle goal that's they, caused that. They were by far the better team. Yeah, I've, I've heard that as well. So they've then gone on to beat Dundee United 4-1 on Sunday there. So really they're probably kicking themselves that they're not at the top of the table alongside us with nine points from nine. Uh, Miff's mentioned that they've uh, they've now got Lauren Shankland in their ranks. Alan Forrest, brother of James, has also joined up. Liam Boyce, good operator. Barry McKay calls for him to get a Scotland cap because he scored a, a decent goal uh, on Sunday. But anyway, they've got some decent players and it will definitely be a test for Cameron Carter-Vickers and whoever lines up alongside them on Sunday. I just think they're catching us at the wrong time. We're, we're starting to hit you know the upper gears that we've got. 
Um, we've not been at Parkhead for a few weeks, so the fans back there have been playing in some tight pitches, some bad pitches back on grass, playing our football. Guys hitting, you know, real form. Aye, I, I don't see anything, but I, I convinced in Celtic one. Yeah. I'm going to get to something interesting here. So we'll always speculate on starting lineups and in what Anne should and, and shouldn't go with on, on any given game. But there's a really good quote from him from last week that probably sums up the current position really well. So it was in reply to Leah Labada's individual moment of magic to score the third goal against Ross County last week. So Anne says... In terms of individual moments, they don't really play a part in my thinking because sometimes when you focus on individual moments, you disregard the collective. A lot of players have good individual moments on the back of other people doing hard work, so you've got to factor it all in. What I look at is the performance as a whole, and within that, if players have done well through their individual work, then that's great for us, but they'll be the first to acknowledge that it only happens because of the collective work of everyone. I get that people are really fascinated by team selection and the 11 that starts. I just think football is more and more a game about the collective. I really look beyond just saying that these are the guys I'm starting with because just as important are the guys we're going to finish with in any given game. Miff, are our days of speculating over Angie starting a living at an end? All I can say is, speaking for my own football career, I could have been doing with a manager like that. It would have made me feel important for coming on <laughs> for the last the 15 minutes. It would have really meant a lot to my psyche and probably how I feel about my own personal worth. But um, it, it's, it's, uh, As many as 15 minutes? Uh, well, at times. I think the, the, the great managers... And I say that because I think we, we, we could be looking at one in, in, in time who goes on to prove that. The, the great managers such as Klopp, Klopp and Guardiola, they keep big players happy week in, week out, even when they're not playing. And and that there's obviously a, a trick to that, and that trick is behind the scenes, making every small role that someone plays in a season feel like it's just as important as any other. And it references back to the Jacques point we were discussing earlier, you can see the big man's bristling, absolutely choking to score every time he comes on, berating himself when he misses a half chance. But you saw the, the chest out when he <laughs> scored on Sunday, you're like, come on, you know that, that you, you love that. And that, instilling that in, in the team, you know, Jota's words on Taylor, um, just, I, I, it, it, all, it all rolls into the one thing for me. And we, we have a manager who's no doubt instilling that within the whole squad. Even even somebody like James McCarthy, even somebody like Mikey Johnson, you know, they they all they all played their part last season. McCarthy, I think it looks like he, he possibly he'll be one of the ones that, that exits alongside Julian and, and hopefully Ajay. But last season he was obviously kept content enough, even despite playing at a very fringe role. You could see even in the celebrations, the, the, the team the team were all really unified and united, except Big Julian. But he obviously had these reasons. I know I wasn't too happy at the time with that. But anyway, we've all moved on. That that is that's the key. How many times have I hurt this mic tonight? That's about the fifth time I've heard it. Because I've heard you're it with so my chin. Animated. I've heard it with my It's doing my nothing. Aye, sorry, excuse me. It, it's just fundamental. You, you can't have a successful squad in modern day football if they're not all bought into what the manager's proposing. It just doesn't work because they see themselves before the team. I think what you're seeing is so many individuals are putting the team before themselves in this squad, and it's just brilliant to see. I think if you're keen on a, a small insight into all of that is watch the subs celebrating with Starfield when he scores his goal Aye. he runs right into that corner and I think uh, Ralston's there yep. McCarthy and Bernabe and they're all over him and they're all delighted you can see the genuine smiles in their faces I mean the quote there from Ange James is is that the messaging uh, and the kind of you know ethos that he'll be looking to get across to the likes of Jackie Marcus Leah Labada who's not starting much at this moment in time and Tony Ralston is this how he'll be keeping these guys on board? Absolutely and when you, you see comments like that from Ange it's just a further reiteration of his belief system and it's why 
it's why the culture is what it is. It's why Ange performs so well in interviews. If if you look at you know guys like McLinch RMT, when they're interviewed, they're telling the truth. They're not having to search for stories. They're not having to think about politics and you know what does this mean. I'm just telling you what I believe, and I'll keep telling you stories about what I believe until the cows come home. And that's exactly what Ange pushes into the team, and that's what keeps these guys together. He's able to speak with a clear conscience yeah. because he's speaking like that to the players. He's being honest, not front of the players. He's, but he's also been distanced enough from the players where he's not trying to be, you know, arm round them, drinking shots at the bar at 12 o'clock with them, whatever. He's, he's remaining professional enough to keep that distance between them, but being honest with them to coach them to get the best out, out of all of them and make them all feel part of the collective. I think the most important part, though, is I think we're just signing the right type of person, the right type of... Signing people, know, not players, uh, yeah. yeah. it's people that will come in and, and have the emotional intelligence to buy into what he's doing mm-hmm. rather than somebody that's just going to come in and go like, you know some of the names we've, we've been linked to for example even in, in, in the past even somebody like Ross Bartley I know I've been linked with Ross Bartley recently he would seem to me that, that to me would be a bit of an odd fit because I think he would come with a bit of an ego expect to play every game you know etc etc um, I think that signing the right type of person is just as important as our football and ability because you can see they are needed to buy into that, that sort of spirit and mentality Bartley could be different, and I don't know where that's going, but Bartley could be different because Ange loves a something to prove guy, you know, and if he's got a level head and he's got that something to prove, then it could be a fit. But the most bizarre thing is we could get offered Ronaldo on, you know, free transfer and 10 grand a week and we'd have to knock him back because he would just totally not fit. Doesn't fit. No. It's interesting. I think the type of guys Ange signs, they've got to have a bit of humility and a bit of hunger. You know, they've got to have yep. that going on. And you could look right across Celtic squad, you could run through every man. And you can see that in them. There's no ego. There's no big shots. You know, some t- some teams have got you know maybe a really decent striker, but he's so arrogant and so unlikable. Um, but he scores goals, so people don't mind. Celtic don't have that. Celtic have got real quality across the board. We've got real talented playmakers, goal scorers, defenders. You name it. But there's there's not one that you wouldn't mind going and catching a beer with or something. Aye. They seem really decent guys. And on the point about Anjmuth, there's many of his ex-players that have been interviewed since he took on the Celtic role, and they all say the same thing about him keeping that distance once they retire from football and they maybe meet Ange in, in years ahead doing punditry or whatever he's a bit more chatty with them but when you're his player he doesn't have that close long conversation relationship I think everyone knows where they stand and that allows them to make these calls as well without bringing emotion into it you know, is it the farmer doesn't want to get close, too close to the cattle in case he needs to shoot in the morning I heard, I heard that one just made up that old classic <laughs> aye okay we'll go with that one for today but yeah he's got his own unique style there and <laughs> He it's the same thing, isn't it? You like it, man? I've just turned half the half the listeners vegan. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, you know, Andrew's got this approach which allows him to keep this harmony. And I think when he is signing a player, probably somewhere in his head he's going, I mean to drop him at some point. How does this guy react to that? And maybe tries to get a feel for how that will work or not. And if he gets a vibe that this guy's going to be spiky, you probably don't make it in Andrew's squad. Yeah. So there's a lot to be said. So anyway, you know, obviously with that quote there from Ange, you know. It's not so much about the starting eleven. Go on, Matt. I thought you were going to talk about a quote for James. I thought it was quite notable. <laughs> well, a bit like it might get edited out, Matt, but we'll, we'll see how it plays out. Andrew's obviously saying, so it's not so much about the starting eleven. Um, You know, there's a bigger picture at play. So on that note, Matt, who starts on Sunday? Same again. Play it again. Play again, Sam. Any changes for you, James? Obviously, the... Tati. for Turnbull. Yeah, if Tati's ready, he slots in. Turnbull's done okay, but I read a, a decent comment today from someone saying he, he has done fairly well, but he's not quite grasp the opportunity he's had two games there to really go at it what do you think two two tough games I thought he'd done well I thought he'd done well, well why are you dropping him then uh, no I'd say Tatati might be no, um, you're asking me who would start 
I think if attack is available, Ange would. But I think it would be harsh to say Turnbull's not taking his opportunity because I, I don't believe that's. I don't think he's taking his opportunity at all. He's, he's shocker. <laughs> Bloody hell. No, but I should be. I should so be you, you, you choked it enough saying that Taylor's proven you wrong. You're not going to turn Choked at nothing. Delighted for it. I should be sitting here after. He's, peace, man. he's, he's a clear run in two games. I should be sitting going, I've totally rethought what, I, what my. I thought, I, was no, I, thought, I thought Turnbull was really good. I, I, thought thought he's, he's, I think he's done well in his two games. A goal might have helped him. He's had a couple of chances at goal and I, a, a wee bit of wayward shooting. I uh, wouldn't necessarily have expected goals from him, just a bit more incisive play. You know? Yeah, I mean, you're certainly half after scoring goals. You want your certain mid team maybe chip in with one. I'm very happy if Turnbull starts against Hearts, but equally happy if, if Atati comes back into the fold. Um, Scoreline predictions for that one? I'm going to say something silly. I think there's no, a. I'm not the first time on this show. No, today. On this episode. <laughs> I think Celtic will score seven goals. Right. Well, let's roll with it. We'll, we'll see lose, how it goes. We'll, we'll lose one. You could turn in and look like an absolute genius, you know, come this time on next Monday. We'll find out next Monday. Given us a bit, I told you so. Miff, what about yourself? 2 1 Celtic. <laughs> I, thought, I thought you'd fall in love with this team. 2 1 Celtic. No, I think about, I think about tough game. Very, very different predictions. I'm somewhere in the middle. I'm 3 1. I think Celtic. I think we'll be quite comfy. I think when we Same. find our feet, roaring home crowd, expansive parks, back on the grass, I think it could be a, an enjoyable afternoon. And I'll go 3 1 Celtic. So we'll see how it all plays out. Um, mm -hmm. If there's definitely a feel good factor around Celtic at the moment, what's your final comments for the week? It's just a joy to watch. I'm, I'm loving it. Absolutely loving it. Loving the team, loving the manager, and we'll make it continue. Yeah, James happy with how it's all ticking along just now yeah it's been a great start you know we're, we're starting to see the embodiment of what Ange told he was, he was going to deliver in this start of this new season and we're coming up to some really interesting junctures in the season Champions League draw first game against Rangers all that kind of stuff so yeah pretty happy with it what are you laughing at Muff? Farmer <laughs> <laughs> Ah. Time to wrap up, I think. <laughs> so Celtic have now extended their unbeaten league record to an impressive 35 games in a run that stretches way back to September of last year. Next up to try their luck at Hearts this weekend and they'll need to bring something pretty special to Celtic Park if they are to overcome a Celtic side brimming with confidence. Thanks to Miff and James for joining me in today's show and as always, our thanks to you for tuning in. Remember to sign up at theCelticExchange.supercast.com to begin your free seven-day trial of the Celtic Exchange Plus and time to catch all of this week's new shows. But in the meantime, from all of us here, we'll see you again soon. Network.